Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and joining me today as always, it's Jim Grant. Good evening. Everything all right, Jim? Yeah, super. And also, it's fantastic to have him on the show. Uh, he's so busy with his massively successful internet startup business. Uh, it's almost, it feels like a privilege to have him back. It feels like a... You're damn right it is. It feels is. like a, he's like yeah. a ghostly shimmer that passes through our yeah. lives. I'd forgotten was what he, he looked like. Was he really here? <laughs> he's like a Zelig type. Yeah. Figure that passes through the existence of the podcast used to be regular. Too successful for us now. Jim. Yeah, he's, he's too right. successful. Yeah, too Billy Big be, Bollocks. Exactly, exactly. Used to be on all the time. Yeah, but now we can barely get him on. Yeah. But anyway, he is Benji Lanyardo. Hello, you're very lucky to have me. All yes. right. And it's Benji Big Bollocks. Thank you very much. All right. It okay, is mate. a pleasure to have you back, Benji. It's you nice. Are, it's nice to be here. I think you, you are one of our <laughs> best. You are one it of is. our best it friends is. as well as best contributors. To the God bless. I love you. I all. would say. I love you. We love you very. Especially much. you, listener. Huh? See? See? Huh? Anyone? We're hoping there might be more than one. For God's sake. I mean, there's, I mean, there's lo- at least 100 people listen to this podcast. At least. Why must you demean the podcast, Benji, the second you deign us with your... That was the collective to- you. Yeah. I was talking to our beautiful listeners, who I love very much... And I know, love me the most, more than both of you two. We didn't do a podcast last week <laughs> due to uh, illness. Illness on my part. Uh, and, yes, uh, yes, yes. And uh, I, th- I'm very sorry. I'm sorry yeah. for failure of my immune system to uh, let me do the podcast last week. But on the upside, we have three games of football to I talk about. there you are. That's uh, good. We have the Chelsea game. Yes. Which was a, a draw. A draw. Against a, 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 a high-flying team yes. at home. Then the 8-0 demolition of the lowest, most <laughs> dysfunctional, <laughs> Tim, they haven't, toxic... They haven't won a league game for about 31 no, games. To be, no, to be clear, like the no. shittest team I've yes. ever seen us play. Yes. Ever. The, yeah. the 31-0 victory against my mum and some of her friends <laughs> in uh, well, 1984. You know, it still has to be done, doesn't it? And it, it still has yeah, to be done. Yeah. And then, of course, we beat uh, Mourinho's men, Manchester United, 3-1. 
Yes, uh, indeed. The Thunderdome at the weekend. Indeed. So we indeed. have all of those games to Wonderful. talk about. And we uh, look forward uh, to the game away at uh, Brighton, at to Brighton. which uh, you're going, to. I am going. Benji, you hope to go. I can't go to that. I went to the miserable... Uh, 3-1 thrashing in the driving oh, God, rain. That was yet another occasion where we got soaking wet at football yes, last season. Yes, we did. Last season. So wet. We went to Bournemouth, didn't we? And, uh, we lost your car. We lost Michael. We, we might have mentioned this before. I think we park. keep coming back to this. Uh, but there were a lot of games A lot of games last season Yeah, I got wet a lot yeah. Very wet season yeah, very, very wet Brighton on a Friday night Is a gift from yes. the fixture computer Not, gods, if, not if you've got to work Saturday morning The home game last season Jim, was, uh, as if you're not going to be out On the booze and drugs All night Come on well, Just be honest about it for once You're going to go to Brighton Jim will you're gonna, walk home You're going to sleep with 18 or 19 different people You're going to take all the drugs you're going to keep drinking, and then you're going to go and teach the youth of this country the next day. Yes. Just admit it. It's shameful, isn't it, really? Okay, what good. I'm glad we got that out. Set. Finally. So should we, uh, because obviously we're going back in time to the Chelsea game, should we, should we start with the Manchester United game and sort of draw the other two games into it? I think we should it? start. I'm, I'm going to be controversial sort of a... here and say we should start with my, my very, 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 very small poetry corner offering. Begin with a poem. Because it, because it sort of just, it kind of, you know, it, it references the week, as it were. The Oscar Wilde, uh, the Oscar Wilde <laughs> dictum of entertainment always begin with a poem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Always begin a always end with Well, a it's an apologetic offering because it's not, a, you know, I, I, I felt I was onto something and it hasn't Mike, quite emerged fully. But take it away. It's a little, you know. It's a little, so it's a, it's a half, it's, it's a half. It's, it's getting there. It's got, it could be, there could be more of it, but it's, you know, there we are. It hasn't come to full Metrically term. challenging. It could have been aborted at the first <laughs> trimester. Anyway, but, yeah, it references your illness, by the way. Oh, what, really? Yeah. Then I, uh, then I, Take I, it away. I put an embargo it, it, yeah. on okay, it. Okay, okay, Jim, okay. off you go. Okay. It's great to score eight in one game. Snodgrass's running and passing were stunning, and Diangana is destined for fame. It's always neat to beat Man United, but Saturday's treat was especially sweet. Manuel's men really excited. I'm overchuffed, we stuffed Man United. Felipe's deft flick made Mourinho sick and Noble's <laughs> renaissance delighted. <laughs> it's a blast to sick three past De Gea. Yarmolenko's deflection, it cured Phil's infection and Arnie's a hell of a player. Nice. Nicely done. Nicely done. Short and sweet. Bravo. I'm all for it. I'm yeah. all for that. Um, it was a great win at the weekend, uh, and, you know, I feel that this week, uh, heralds something of a kind of turnaround. Let's hope, let, let's hope it has. Yes, um, I, I think, you know, in that, in that respect, we'll come on to it, obviously, talk about Brighton, but I think the Brighton game is very important in that respect, because it would be very typical, you know, in, in traditional West Ham to kind of get grit out that draw with Chelsea, uh, un, unusually thrash a, a, a poor team midweek. Get that win against Man United and then fuck it up against Brighton. That is, <laughs> yeah. that, that, is, yeah. that is that is in our DNA. And I think if we go out and we really turn it on and get on the front foot and get a result at Brighton and a performance, I think that will stop that. That more than the Man United and Chelsea results actually will say something about what Pellegrini might might be yeah. starting to achieve. I think it'll be. It's more of an acid test, is what yeah. I'm saying. I agree. I, I think that. It's worth looking at the, the Macclesfield game, I think, in isolation, because it was a kind of, it was, it was a B team, it was a freak, it was wonderful. Great fun. Great fun. But it was, a, it, it was 
produced by a squad that is starting to understand each other and make sense. And you felt players who were saying, well, I want to make the manager notice right. me. I want mm. to get in this side. I mean, I thought Snodgrass was outstanding in midweek. Against Macclesfield. Against Macclesfield. Yeah, I mean, everything in that game comes with the heavy caveat of it's against the shittest team ever. Yeah, but 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 how often have we played the shittest team and been... I mean, you know, that game we went up to Shrewsbury. I mean, they're a bit better than than Macclesfield. There was a moment in the game against United as well. So Snodgrass came, came off the bench. And he did that kind of classic, I'm a centre-forward, I'm going to chase down every defender. I'm going to keep chasing the ball until they, they make a mistake, and eventually I, th- I think they did. And the whole crowd went wild. Yeah. And it was this real, it was this real moment for him, I, I think, yeah. that, that he's probably been waiting for since he came to West Ham. There's been a bit of a suspicion that someone like Robert Snodgrass is someone from the kind of hinterland in between the Championship and the Premier League. He probably... That's all he really is. But at the top of his game, I think he could be really useful for us. And Pellegrini clearly likes him. Yeah, I, I think he's got energy and, and, and he never stops running. He comes off the bench and doesn't give the ball away. Mm. Well, uh, shouts at the other players know, as well. Yeah, he immediately, I mean, I, I, you know. I've been impressed with him so far this season. I've, I'm he, really starting to like him. I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's got a, a, a low ceiling. I think his ceiling's lower than someone like Antonio, even though he's way more consistent and backable than Antonio. The, the, looking at, so looking at the Macclesfield game in isolation, there's some really interesting things to come out of Chelsea and United. Let's not forget that we, that was a, we were the first team to take points off Chelsea all season. Yeah. Um, first thing, Diop and Balbuena is just working. Oh yeah. And I tell you what, this is, I sort of realised this when I was when I was trying to digest the game afterwards. In two games. They, in the first game, they kept out Eden Hazard and Willian, two of the greatest attacking players on the planet. In the second Premier League game, anyway, they shut down uh, Lukaku, Lukaku and Martial behind him. The, and also, then I realised, these are two players that this time last year I had never heard of. No, that's right. You know, yeah. I, I'm a, I consider myself a you know, bit of a student of football. I'm a data nerd. I love looking at what's happening in, other, in yeah. other leagues. Never heard of either of them. And suddenly, they form this really excellent partnership and are shutting out some of the best players in the world. It's brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Diop is a is a is really looking classy. I think he's looking a really good. I was trying to remember the, how the good partnership at the beginning was. Uh, Ogbonna and uh, Balbuena, wasn't yeah. it? And uh, Balbuena, I liked. Uh, his ball-carrying skills, and he's got a little bit of chutzpah about him in that mm. he doesn't mind coming out with the ball. Um, you know, he what in pre-season, deal? who was against Villa, there was a slightly mm. Bobby Moore-esque, you know, sliding tackle that put, took the ball off the foot of an attacking yeah. player. And I sort of like the look of him whilst going, you know, he's 28, but, mm. but actually central defenders can be a little bit older, can't um, they? Yeah. And then Diop. You know, had his kind of debut against Arsenal and he made that mistake. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he already in that game looked sort of good. We were unlucky to lose. Was the Wimbledon game after? He looks great. Or was it before it? Was the Wimbledon game? Was it? It was after Arsenal. It was after it. It was the week, it was the Wednesday after. You know, when he kind of, you know, you know, bombed forward and and then whacked that one in, it was a great strike and then hit the bar with the header. I think that, you know, that performance in that game. Seem to just kind of lift his confidence, I think. My, my favourite um, thing about Diop is also the fact that we bought him. He, it, West Ham have consistently bought players that, are, that were good two years ago. You know, yeah. when, we bought, when we got Hart in, he's good a couple of years ago. Zabaleta, lovely, wonderful, but, you know, past, past, past his best. Well, we'll come on to that. Hernandez, Chicharito, fantastic, yeah. three yeah. or four years ago. 
We, it's been a long time since we've bought a really promising young player, yeah. and he looks exactly that. You feel as though we've nicked him on from under the noses of big teams. Well, I think we did. Well, Mourinho yeah. spoke about him at the weekend, right. didn't he? He said, you know, West Ham scouting network must right. be oh, fantastic. Because, oh, yeah, he said, you know, West right. Ham scouting network must be amazing because this defender is a monster. It was pointed he because he was trying to highlight again yes, that he's trying to get teams. a centre-back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, other, the other theme from both games is the, the, the annual renaissance of Mark Noble. You know, how many times have we... Uh, I, I, and I fully admit this, a num- every single year I find myself thinking, is this a season too far for Mark Noble? Well, we and, were thinking it in 2011. Yeah. When we, when we <laughs> bought Kevin Nolan uh, for the championship season, we still had Scott Parker... And we made jokes. I made jokes on this podcast about um, Mark Noble sort of, sort of disingenuously thinking he would he would be in the starting lineup, uh, despite the fact that there's two midfielders, you know, ahead of him, which would be Kevin Nolan and Scott Parker. And actually, that happened. Uh, Allardyce just played all three of them. Yeah. yeah. And and then uh, Scott Parker went, and uh, Noble remained in that spot. And then. He bought Papa Bubba Diop, uh, yeah. the biggest footballer he could find. <laughs> uh, he tried to sign the Empire State Building, but <laughs> it wasn't for sale. He was literally tried to, the Angel of the North, he tried to sign that. Um, and then Diop got injured, so then Tompkins kind of came in because he was literally the next biggest human being in the building. And I think we were all sort of basically screaming, you can play Gary O'Neill or Mark Noble in that sort of in front of the back four. They don't have to be a fucking giant, Sam. Mm. And he mm. believed they did. He believed they had to be a giant. And when, finally, he kind of ran out of steam with that idea, he played either Martin Noble or Gary O'Neill there, who did a great job. Do you know what I think Pellegrini has spotted? Is that Mark Noble cannot be relied upon to be your only attacking midfielder. He cannot be relied upon to be your only defence midfielder. You, you, you can't give him an entire responsibility. You kind of need to give him almost a bit of a kind of floating role well, where you do a bit of everything. And, and I think by, yes. putting, by putting Declan Rice, who, by the way, we must talk about Declan yeah. Rice, yeah. And, and Obiang alongside him, you know, Declan Rice is doing the doggy work behind him, making sure that, that you know, anything that comes into that zone in front of the back too, he's on it and he's going to swiftly pass it on afterwards. Obiang actually, interestingly, is being the one to push forward a little bit. Just before I got to the game early on, on Saturday and saw them um, warming up. And I saw them doing shooting practice. And really notably, the three forwards, obviously, were doing shooting practice, uh, Yarmolenko, Anderson, Arnautovic. The only other player doing shooting practice was Obiang. So clearly, he has been earmarked as the one who will push forward from midfield. So therefore, Noble has actually got a little bit of a kind of free role where he just has to find the work wherever it is. Either he supports Declan Rice defending, or he kind of helps push forward with Obiang. And I think that is how you accommodate him. Because one thing that is very, very clear with Noble is that he is indisputably the best leader at our football club. And if only for that reason, I think he has to be in our starting eleven. He's one of the best passers of the football at the club well, as well. He, his, his, his passing is fantastic. His, quite often, an individual game is like a kind of microcosm of his career. <laughs> uh, the, the, um, <clears throat> if things uh, start to go against us, he slightly loses his shape and just starts to chase the ball like a schoolboy. Uh, and put in last ditch tackles, which in right. the in the uh, Avram Grant season uh, caused a couple of sort of free kicks just outside the area. You know, 
Noble had hurled himself at somebody uh, and uh, a free kick resulted and the goal came. And, uh, you know, social media, people on social media basically kind of pegged those couple of things as a, as a kind of indicator of what Mark Noble's entire football playing style is. He's a liability. He gives free kicks away. Not true. Not true. He should never have been in that position in the first place. And if we go back, sort of, if we go back historically in, in Mark Noble's, you know, now probably about 11 year career at West Ham, Jim, you always made the point that Kirbishly. Yeah, um, Kirbishly says, you're not quick enough to be an attacking midfielder. You're going to have to be a defensive midfielder and, I, and try to make him into a defensive midfielder. And I, I think he's always been more of a playmaker than that. And, yes, and, I mean, and, oh, yes and no, though, because I, I actually think that he isn't. The, the kind of the problem and the and the the great thing simultaneously about Mark Noble is that he's kind of a bit good at everything. I don't that's think right. he's actually exceptional. No, at that's anything. the problem with him. He's a jack of all trades. That's that's the. But if he's deployed in a role yeah. where actually he can just do whatever's necessary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that fits him. Well, this triangle is really working, isn't it? I mean, the 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 turnaround was at the Everton game, and two of the two of the sort of factors that made the Everton game different from our previous four heavy defeats was uh, uh, the triangle sort of set up with Rice, Obiang, and Noble. Uh, which has now become standard, mm. and uh, also Yarmolenko's introduction. Yeah. But 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 you're right. I mean, the 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 way the triangle works is quite sort of fluid, and and yeah. uh, um, they, Noble they're, they're is together, freed up a little. Bit. Yeah, he he's is, freed yeah. up to do to to <coughs> do all of the things he's sort of good. A bit at. of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone described it really, really well on a a different podcast recently saying that Mark Noble just generally does sort of Mark Nobly things. Yeah. And he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, for the first 15 minutes, I turned to Pete Ward after 15 minutes on, on the clock on Saturday and said, look, if you want a cameo of what, he, what, that, that, what Noble's about, the first 15 minutes, he was absolutely superb in that first 15 minutes. He was in everything we did. Mm-hmm. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was in the attacking moves. He released... Brilliant weight of pass to release Sabaleta for the cross for the for the goal. He was tackling people in his in his own penalty box. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, Man United gave him the freedom of the of the park, and they paid for it because if you if you let where he, where he's got problems is when people press him. Uh, he's not the paciest of players, but if we can create a little space for him, a freedom, particularly in that final third. He's class. He really is class. Well, the, the Liverpool game at the beginning of the season, which you and I went to, Jim, he was kind of uh, isolated in yeah. uh, the centre of the park, having to deal with Salah, um, Mane and Firmino on his own because yes. yeah. he hadn't established that um, sort of defensive position that Rice occupies. Yeah. And, so and Golly Noble, is occupying well. Yeah, it's, well, that's amazing as well. Yeah, Rice is looking... Imperious, isn't he? I mean, he's a Rolls he's looking, Royce. He's looking We've got something. Spe- I, I didn't last year. I've got to admit, yeah. I didn't necessarily see it with him because I don't think he's a centre back. I think who, you know whoever worked out that this is this guy is more than a centre back. He can play the ball around. His passing has become pretty metronomic. And well, he, I mean, he uh, does the simple thing. He's quick. He's quick. His anticipation is quick. He reads the game really, really well. He's often there when he needs to be, you know, to absolutely. Intercept. Well, intercept. you saw the that. You saw that when he was a centre back. I mean, that uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think so. I th- when he came into the back three last season with Ogbonna and Cresswell, you were admiring of his anticipation and his uh, sort of sort of marshalling of the back three. He's quite often 
signaling let's let's keep our line you know to all that stuff which seemed very kind of mature and and so you thought he was a very good center back i sort of thought he didn't seem a better passer than reed and that's one of reed's shortcomings is reed is a brilliant defender but not a fantastic passer very true yeah. and rice seemed like that and then he was played in this defensive sitting in front of the back four position against liverpool and it was catastrophic you know, this, this, to, the beginning of this year. Yeah, he had to be taken off yeah, the pitch yeah. in order to yeah. simply. Same save happened to his... Newcastle, didn't it, early yeah, last season? Yeah. But I yeah. think yeah. hopefully what they realise is the reason he was out of his depth against Liverpool is because he had those three the running system, out. The yeah. system. We, 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 we were all over the shop in that Liverpool Absolutely. game, and and you know the, 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 it was a it was a nightmare. You know, opening totally. And and interestingly, what everyone sort of said at the time in a kind of conciliatory way was was. Listen, it's going to take it's a lot of new players, new managers. It's going to take three or four games mm. to actually find their feet. Turns out that's exactly right. It, it, it took that long for us to realise this, you know, this midfield because the midfield was the problem. We felt we felt yeah. as if okay, the defence doesn't look that bad. Yeah. We've got people that can yeah. stick the ball in the net up there and some exciting, skillful players. The midfield doesn't make any sense. Which, by the way, all comes back to Jack Wilshire. I am now fairly convinced that he just doesn't fit in this team. I can see how he could be half decent off the bench, but. There's no way he's getting back into that. Well, midfield. the noble role is made for him. I mean, I, I think yeah. if that if that triangle had been created and he'd been fit for the Everton game, I think he would have done a great job. But I don't think that Wilshire actually because Wilshire's okay going forward. He's all right. Bear in mind, by the way, this guy is known as sort of like a playmaker. The guy's, I think, only he's assisted less than ten goals in four years. Now, yes, that's injury related, injury. but the the guy the guy doesn't actually contribute that much, whereas Noble does. Give me the choice right now between Jack Wilshire and Mark Noble. It's obviously oh, Mark in Noble. The system as, right it, as it is, yeah. But I mean, you, you, I think the choice later down the line, we we possibly hope, is going to be a, 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 with Lanzini. And where wow. does Lanzini fit? God, yeah, you've forgot, you've forgotten um, about him. You're completely right. Lan, Lanzini's. We've got to try yeah, and accommodate. Him. I think. I, I mean, I, I think. I think. Even though you know, Mark has had a couple of fantastic games. We have to start sort of looking to. You're right. A post noble world. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You yeah. know, Jack Wilshire. When we signed him, I thought he's he's like Mark Noble, but five years long younger and a little bit more two footed. You know. Um, Noble can't be a sort of a number 10, a playmaker, because he mm. can't turn. Mm. He can, because uh, he's so one-footed. He mm. can't, uh, you know, when we had Zerati as that sort of number 10, Zerati could be, have the ball pass into his feet and then almost do that thing where he just turns inside out and yeah. he's going the other way because, because that's what, you know, two-footed players could do. Mark can't do that. He, I, I mean, he wouldn't, he's he would like not, Zoolander. Yeah, he, yeah, he would, <laughs> yes, exactly. He would not be, uh, you know, one of the all-time great number tens because he can't turn quickly. Sure. I think yeah. it's the setup at the moment that, that, that Pellegrini has arguably stumbled upon, um, mm. or uh, you know, has 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 had the vision to see. Um, means that um, you know right, what Rice allows is for two is for the two midfielders to play to play in front of him, and yeah. what Yarmolenko and Anderson do with their work rate, particularly Anderson. I'm, I've been amazed at his work rate. Yeah, it's great. Um, Allow allow them to do is is to play that three in midfield, and ultimately and, is this sorry and, well, and and I think therefore there's going to have to be rotation in there. I'm true. a bit worried at the moment that we've got nobody to come in. That's true. We because have because you've got Sanchez injured, yeah. Lanzini injured, Wilshire injured. So those are your other three in there. Aren't what they? we've done as well is essentially the same as what Liverpool do. They've got three fantastically creative forwards, and then their midfield three. Uh, you know, Liverpool essentially alternate between you know Cater. 
uh, Wijnaldum, Henderson, Milner, Fabinho. They've got kind of five or six players that are all kind of just mm. centre mm. midfielders. All of them can attack a bit and defend a little bit. Yeah. None of them, notably actually, are like a Lanzini or a Wilshire. I think of Wilshire as a much more offensive player than a middle-of-the-park player. Yeah, I think, I, I think in that noble, the, you know, ironically, he got injured just as that triangle was sort of created. And uh, I think if it had been uh, Rice, uh, Obiang and Wilshire... Wilshire would have got, you know, got it's as, almost as too much, much of a luxury same. because, you know, Liverpool notably never, very, very rarely play with an attacking midfielder as part of that, that middle three. They did it recently with Shakiri, but it was a luxury. It was when they were like at home against a crap yeah. team. Mm. If Liverpool consider having three really attacking players, um, uh, necessitating three def- relatively middle of the park midfielders. <laughs> we certainly can't say, "Oh, actually, no, we're good enough to have an extra attacking midfielder." No, in the no, middle. no, no. So, so it's it just it kind of adds up, and we're doing what other teams have done before us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the you know the introduction at Everton of Yarmolenko, uh, uh, as much as the the creation of that kind of triangle in midfield was uh, a sort of was a revolutionary thing, and and like I think we said on the. The last podcast, it was interesting the 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 Pellegrini's kind of you know reverse justification of that was uh you know he wasn't quite ready for the pace of the game, you know, so he sat and watched and had a little cameos and stuff but it 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 actually you know probably in a way worked well because he's a he's a he's a good smart footballer and to just watch some games play for a bit and then see what I can do in this team, I think it was great for him because he's He's a funny player. He's a sort he, of like, you he know, really he's is, quite playmaker. He? he he wants to pick the ball up and then just see what to do next with it. He's a funny shape as well. Like yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's six foot two, he's a six foot two brick yeah, shit out yeah, winner, yeah. brick shit house winner. Yeah. He also, my, my, just one note of caution about Yarmolenko. Um, I heard someone talking about him uh, and saying that He's one, a bit of a one-trick pony in that, and we've seen it a number of times now, we've seen him score two goals via it. He goes down the wing, he cuts in, he feigns to shoot, he feigns to shoot again, and eventually gets yeah, a shot. very away. left-footed. Yeah, very, yeah. very left-footed. And, uh, and what this, I can't remember, I think it might have been Raph Honigstein was saying, um, that once defenders work that out, yeah, not, they'll show him the outside. There's they'll not a huge amount more that he can time. do. Yeah, so I'm we'll not see. sure about that. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm not sure about that. I think I think I've been really impressed with him. I th- well, the thing with he joins play up really well. Yeah, and that's the other. That's a good thing about Obiang as well in that kind of advanced role is that he he has a, a little of what Mark has, but he also kind of gets in the box when there was a there were a couple of moves early on against Man U where you know the move came to nothing, but Obiang you know sort of pulled up in the penalty area. Yeah. Because he'd made a run into the penalty area, and we've yeah. sort of, we've we've desperately needed that in the last mm. two or three years. Is like runners to just get in the box. We, we've know. increased the, the the technical quotient in the team. We've increased the, the technical ability. That we've got we've got a set of players now who are much more comfortable on the ball, who give it way less, who find each other more with passes. It's conspicuous when Antonio comes on. Yeah. Well, we were were saying, um, it's not the same as as most of the others. The the first half against Man U, we was going, is this like a kind of backheel conference? Yes. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) they were trying to, Yarmolenko, Anderson and Arnautovic were essentially just trying to backheel every pass. was like, when they could have passed it, 
you know, with their feet forwards, they attempted yeah. to back heel the ball yeah, all the yeah, time. The, and yeah. it was sort of because yeah. they can all play a bit. They Jim, can all I think that's a, a, a brilliant point about Antonio because I've been trying to work it out all season. Like, what's the thing with Antonio? Because he used to be my favourite player. And, and the Pie season, he was phenomenal. He was in a good side. But do you know what I think? It, I think that might have been his ceiling. That, that might have been as good as it gets for Antonio, as somebody who, as you say, might be technically fundamentally but limited I think he's I think he's good to have in the squad his yeah. pace is incredible <clears throat> yeah. and, and his energy uh, and his efforts uh, yeah you know I, I think I think you're building a squad the True. squad's going to get stronger as players come back as Lanzini comes back he's going to improve it when's he back by the way um, I don't know but he's, he's certainly in sort of January, light February. training at the yeah, moment isn't yeah, he? I don't yeah. think he's playing with the ball yet um, dare I say it when Carroll comes back absolutely it, right he'll be stronger because, he's a plan because B. him coming off the bench you but know, that, that, that's really, uh, that, you know, that's one worry that uh, in, the, in the face of all the kind of positives that we can take from uh, the last week of games is we really felt watching the game, we sort of said yeah. it, we clearly have 11 guys that are the best 11 guys at the yeah, moment. Yeah, just go, yeah. One of them gets injured and like, yeah. we're fucked. I think Antonio just about covers us for whether, you know, any of the front three gets injured. I'd rather have Snodgrass, to be honest. Well, really? Well, you've also, yeah, you've also, yeah. Yeah, well so with Pellegrini. Like he brought him on instead like of Antonio yeah, well, Antonio, um, there, was a, uh, there was a point on Saturday where I turned to Jim and, 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 and sort of, you know, I think I articulated something I'd sort of subconsciously noticed for about three years. When he goes up for a ball with a big central defender, the large, muscular Antonio never wins a ball. Doesn't, that, no. If it comes into his feet, he doesn't win it. If it comes into his chest, he doesn't win it. If it comes into his head, he doesn't win it. Yeah. Because he doesn't have any guile. He's yeah. got no guile. And that's exactly you it. Know, and uh, if, if, a comes into, if a ball comes into uh, Arnautovic, he can often win it two ways. He can kind of trap it, then suddenly run away from the central defender. He can chest it two yards and run onto it. He can uh, he can do that kind of um, rugby type handoff yeah. uh, and not get called up for a you know a foul. Uh, just give a guy a shove and run away with it. He's got that guile to just get that couple of yards. It's a football IQ, big... isn't it? Yeah. It's the kind of it's a footballing intelligence that someone like Anderson clearly has in absolute mm. spades. Antonio, yes. bless him, doesn't, and yeah. and has clearly made up for that in recent years through extraordinary effort. Yeah, and well, and, right. yeah, and yeah. in that Pio season, in the first season of the, of the London Stadium, he was our best player. Sorry, well, yeah, yeah. post Pio, he was our, our best player. Yeah. and he would do that. You know, one of the only players you see doing that thing where. I'm not skillful enough to do a trick to take on this player. So I'm going to kick it past him yeah, and run. Just, just, just get in a foot race. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it yeah. frequently would yeah, work. Yeah. So well, to his yeah, credit, yeah. he's making the best of his abilities. But yeah, yeah. now that, as Jim says correctly, the technical level of the team has raised, yeah. sadly, I think it might be leaving Antonio behind. Your sort of outlet ball, I mean, obviously it was, it was, it was evidenced on uh, Saturday as clearly as it possibly could be, because we had a like-for-like like, uh, um, substitution of Arnautovic for, for Antonio. And so the same long ball yeah, came yeah, to him yeah. that, Antonio, that yeah. Arnautovic would have controlled, yeah. and he simply didn't control yeah, it. He yeah, didn't yeah. win that. He didn't win the battle with the central defender. He didn't. You know, it just came back. Again, it doesn't necessarily have the, the kind of football intelligence that Arnautovic does. No, balls, that, balls in channels, though. Balls along the flank get Antonio into a foot race yeah. with a central defender yeah. and that that worked you know yeah. so you have to slightly kind of change your thing but but um, um I mean Man United on Saturday it, were baffling weren't they I mean I've oh, never really? seen the, the way they, the way they stood off us I mean it's very rare that you come away from a game thinking well 
I'd rather have our team than theirs. They didn't yeah. press, did they? They, they didn't press. No. They didn't, you know. Very clearly, just stood around. Didn't very they? clearly, a team, of, you know, a team. You know, the manager has lost the rest. Yeah, of totally. Them. Well, he's, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's, it's ridiculous what's going on there. But who cares? And, and it's we, slightly we, irritating. We put them the, to the, the sword. The story tends to be about them. I know. Listen, it's happened before. Do you remember when um, but, when we beat Chelsea under Benitez? It was because the wheels were falling off at Chelsea. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's still nice to at least put them to the sword. However, the sort of the note of caution I want to sound in. In relation to that, is that my concern is 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 how we beat the press. I, I, th- I think we we've played well against Arsenal, where it was just a miss out the midfield. Yeah, the, yeah. The, oh, I know. We it's came, funny, I know. I know. We yeah. lost the game, but we. I mean, we had great chances and could easily have won yeah. it. We certainly played very well. Um, Chelsea, we were a bit more tight and organised, and sort of sat and and hit them on the break and had good chances on the break. Um, against Man United, we dominated a game where they allowed us to dominate it. Yeah, yeah. Against Wolves, they harried and chased and pressed yeah, and yeah. whatever, and we didn't really have a way round it. That's my good point. Sort yeah. of slight concern, and I think Bright- Brighton are going to be all over us like a rash. Do you think they are day. another team that play the high press, Brighton? I think they work like stink. Work hard, I think they, yeah, they're yeah. well organised. They know each other. They're, they're, they're some of these teams that have come up and are doing well are. You know, are, are well knit teams who who've played together for a while, yeah. who who have a good. They know the starting of, eleven. They know yeah. their system. They know the way they're going to play. You know, and Glenn the, Murray will score the Bournemouth, yeah. the Brightons. You know, the, these teams. They're not easy. Mm. There aren't. You know, I think possibly Cardiff, maybe and maybe Huddersfield are going to be the only sort of rollover teams you're going to play this this season. Everything else is a challenge. Just quickly on Declan Rice, the contract situation is quite interesting. Um, I. I'm of the opinion now, just pay him whatever he bloody wants. Because there is the... I can see both sides of the argument. The argument which is, don't indulge these players, give them shitloads of money, because then you get a Reese oxford situation where actually the effort levels start to dry up. Declan Rice, I think, is something quite special. I, I genuinely think we've got a Rolls-Royce on our hands. And the argument, it's all his agent, of course it's his agent. But the argument will be, well, hold on, he's keeping Carlos Sanchez out of the side and Carlos Sanchez is on 80 grand a week. So actually, this this kid who, let's face it, one day you're going to sell for £50 million, keep him happy and give him 40 grand a week. On that note, uh, we should take a break because we haven't had one yet and we've been talking for about three and a half hours. <laughs> Stop Hammer Time is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. What is Pale Ale? The Stop Hammer Time Beer of the Month. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Uh, this uh, podcast is brought to you in association with Watney's, uh, and we are we are in fact sampling yeah, their pale ale at the moment. Jim, you uh, yours went off like a, a kind of uncontrolled. It was like a like a was, kind of roadside, like a, like a an improvised roadside bomb. Uh, yeah. went went, yeah. went off. Don't shake. You your managed beer to before you no. Open don't it. never shake your beer before Cut. you open it. Did you think it was Listeners. a smoothie, Jim? Mm. I've never had a smoothie. Not knowing that for anyway. a Jim, you should have them. Should I? They would improve your health. I mean, a lot of them are very nutritious. I quite like beetroot juice. So do I. Uh, but we're talking about uh, Watney's. We're currently oh, Watney's, drinking yes. their fine <laughs> pale ale. Yeah, there's no beetroot in it. it. Very much. Um, in fact, I have finished mine. Listen, that's my empty tin. I'm still having very a nice. Actually, I'm going to have another sip. one. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, we're back, aren't we? Declan um, Rice. Well, I mean, you know, he's. It feels like his representatives are kind of uh, trying Bullish. to ring. 
the club dry and going he should get as much as you know um you know the highest paid footballer in the league no they're not doing that they're, they're saying that he should be getting about 30 40k which is a lot for what was he 19, 19 years old he only broke into the team halfway through last year of course it's a lot he's coming on three grand a week so let's just put it into perspective he's yeah. obviously going to get a lot more than but, that but he's starting to look like the pivotal player in the team isn't Completely he under right. this system yeah. just he, bloody he, pay he it. sits in front of the events he slips back into making almost like a third centre half at times yeah but he, but he, but he's he's the kind of nexus of the team at the moment. And, he's the metronome. And he's, he's looking absolutely classy. He in really that is. Yeah. I've been this and excited it's, it's by West Ham come out, It's kind of come out of nowhere because yeah. I mean he was, uh, I, um, you know, as I said earlier, I sort of, sort of thought his passing was limited. He seemed no better than Reed. You know, Tompkins uh, was a better passer of the ball, better on the ball, better runner on the ball, and. Uh, Rice last season seemed great, got really good defensively, but sort of not a great ball carrier, not a great range of passing. But this season, he seems to have added that to his game. But it you know what? It's have... not even necessarily the range of passing; it's the decision making. He reminds me a little bit of, at times, of of Kante, of N'Golo Kante. He gets the ball and he passes it on, yeah. he, and, he, and he does it very effectively, and he makes the right decision over and over again. Um, what I think is really interesting is one person that seemingly has spotted the talent in Declan Rice is Gareth Southgate. Yeah. Apparently, you know, he was quite instrumental in, in, in whispering in Declan Rice's ear and saying, are you sure There's you're Irish? You. Are you yeah, sure yeah. you're well, Irish? Well, I think he's going to be a better player in that position than Dyer. I, well, I really he do. really reminds me of Eric Dyer because he's a similar sort of shape, similar yeah. sort of position. He can alternate between defence and midfield and defence. And I think he already looks as good as Eric Dyer. Yeah. You know, I, 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 do, I really do think this guy could be something. Talking as we were about Carlos Sanchez, uh, when Arnautovic scored his yeah. uh, goal, uh, he, he held, held, up shirt, yeah. held up Sanchez's shirt. We and weren't I mean, aware of that in quite, the stadium. No, I wasn't. It's anyway, quite really. sort of strange because Sanchez, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's a good sort of... Uh, uh, sort of um, affirmation of uh, perhaps a team spirit that now exists in the side. But it is a bit like, you know, Sanchez at that point had been playing for us less than two months. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. we we're holding up his shirt. And it's not like, I mean, he just... He just had a knee injury. It's not like he's been beheaded, you know, beheaded he, by ISIS or, or sort of some massive thing happened with him. You know, uh, it, it was kind of an oddly excessive gesture. But do you know what it is? It's the yeah, shirt yeah, of a yeah, bloke yeah, yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah. picked up a knee injury. Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's, fr- it's straight from the, the Pep Guardiola playbook. So last year, or maybe it was the season before, um, Gundogan came to the side, played like three or four games for City and then did his cruise shit. Um, yeah, yeah. And the next game, the entire City team came out with like number eight Gundogan shirts. Yeah, yeah. And what it is, it's it's quite an easy, effective thing for a manager to seize upon to say, we're, we're doing it for Carlos. Show us. We're doing yeah, it yeah, for Gundogan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and let's face it, most footballers are idiots. You know, yeah, yeah. You know it, it, it's essentially it's about managing their minds and getting them into a mentality where they, where they feel like they're doing it for something. And they love the kind of reflected... Um, uh, accolades that they get for giving a fuck about anything. Yeah, that's yeah. why you know, give them half a chance to kind of support a charity, whatever they go for it, because you know they know that it's going to look good and it's going to make their image look good. So tell the tell the team if we score today, or you know the first striker to score today, go and get the Sanchez shirt. Yeah, just gives yeah. them that extra yeah. little thing. Absolutely. It's really it's, it's smart. You know why yeah. not? Why not? Um, you know, what, what, one thing we talked a little bit about last season was, um, uh, and possibly about the season before, was certainly last season, uh, I, was, I was really struck by certainly Manchester City and a couple of the other high-performing teams 
there were players in their in their squad that played better than they had ever played. You know, you, David Silva had been a brilliant footballer for you know the six or seven years we've been watching him play football. He was possibly better than yeah. he'd ever been last season. Really was, yeah. We had players last season who were playing worse than they had <laughs> ever played for us. Mark Noble, yeah. you know, wasn't great. I mean, a lot of the, a Obi-Ang. big key Obi-Ang. part, yeah, a big yeah. Obiang, a big key part of that was the baffling falling off of Chiati's form and mm. now he's not with us anymore but the last couple of games even Zabaleta who when we bought him Zabaleta had been one of my favorite footballers that the Premier League has ever produced when we bought him I sort of realized after a few months that the kind of circa 2012-13 Pablo Zabaleta was what I wanted not the 2017-18 Pablo Zabaleta this season he's been great he's Excellent. put in a couple of performances that were better than anything he did last year absolutely he looks fitter even though he's got older I wonder if it's the competition Frederick's coming competition in this competition for the price competition and confident They're surrounded by good players as well Fellow, yeah, he's got yeah, South yeah, American managing him um, yeah. also really interesting Zabaleta apparently um when there are, you know, players, you do the halftime team talk, it's Noble and him. You know, they're very much alongside each other because, you know, yes, Noble is Mr. West Ham, has been there for so long. He's clearly, you know, he's a club captain. But Zabaleta is, is a real leader in there yeah, as well. I, I think and we he's have been and done, he's done everything. I think right, we've yeah. got leaders now. I mean, Diop was captain at... Um... Oh, where, where, where was he? Where, was he really? Yeah, yes, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah he, he was, was made captain. Balbuena, like a leader fantastic. on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zabaleta, a real leader. Got to say, Arnautovic, Arnautovic being captain doesn't make a, any sense at all. But he's, no, a, no. Le- he's a leader in a sense, isn't he? In, in, well, he is and he isn't. He's, a, he's also a sort of brooding, sexy hunk. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, he's not, he's think, not quite... He's definitely... When, when he was captain against... I think it was Arsenal. I was like, come on, oh, yeah, this yeah. guy's not I think there's passion and commitment there, to be honest. Yeah, it's good that he got... Yeah. It's good yeah. that he got his... Um, you know, when they say... Uh, a player gets his now customary goal. It was great that he yeah. got his customary goal against Manchester United. He's one of the he best strikers in the really league. really hard. Oh, he is God. now one of the best strikers in the league. If there was only one thing that David Moyes did with this football club, it was realising that he was a centre forward. Yeah. He genuinely, there are not many strikers in the league that are scarier than him, I think, as a uh, centre back. No, in no, in no, the calendar he's... year, 2018, I think I'm right in saying only Salah has been directly involved in more goals than Arnautovic. Yeah, goals and assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you add the two together. Yeah, and he's he, fantastic. He's, I mean, he's got the lot. Yeah. He's, and, and actually, it really highlights why um, Chicharito just doesn't necessarily no. work in, in our team, in our league. Because no. The interesting thing about him is I didn't think he worked in, the, in, in Moyes' system last year. I don't think he's going to work in Pellegrini's system either. No. Annoyingly, and everyone, he'll be gone in January. Everyone said it at the beginning and they were right. He's a luxury player. You stick him up front for Man United and Real Madrid, he'll get you goals. Yeah. You know, it, it, Leverkusen got three or four good years out of him, but clearly they built a system around him. Yeah. He's not quick enough. Like, Bellamy no, is also a clinical striker. Bellamy you know he was absolutely turn and shoot and we just put the ball in there but also Bellamy was very quick and functioned as a kind of he could be a winger Craig Bellamy but Chicharito is just not fast enough especially not for 200 grand a week no 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 no, no, no. he's not we've got to get him off the bill haven't we seeing as um, seeing as we've talked about just nearly all the players now I'm going to put in a word for firstly Fabianski because I think I think I, I was I was sceptical about the signing of him 
thinking, well, is he going to be much better than Adrian? But I think he has been outstanding yep. this season. Yes, yeah. And it's so good to have a goalkeeper who commands his box, who comes and catches the ball. I mean, we haven't had that in a long while. I feel sorry for Adrian. Because I do. We, I we, we all love, love Adrian. Him. We all yeah. always love Adrian. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite, it, was, it definitely was not clear how Joe Hart was better than Adrian. It is definitely clear how Fabianski is better than Adrian. I, I still think it's only a bit better. There's not a lot in yeah. it. Yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. to have Agreed. him as number two. He, he's, he's more authoritative. He, he, it feels like he, he, under pressure, the decision tends to make making the right is clear. Exactly it? right. It's exactly clear right. and committed. And, and that, I, I think it's worth its weight in gold, somebody who just comes and collects yep. the ball and, and never seems to drop it. Never seems to fumble it. When long shots come in, when long shots come in, he's always right behind it. That save from Fellaini so on Saturday was, was and he makes good saves as well. He yeah. he made more saves than any other keeper in the league last season. You know, obviously he had to. That statistic is always a slightly yeah. um, um, And the other player we haven't mentioned, and I would like to put him is Masuaku under Pellegrini is starting to look like he can defend. I still don't know about him. Saturday, he sure. really did descend, de- well, defend like very well. I yeah. thought he didn't deal very well with Willian. He was he was better against United. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair, fair to say. He's the one I, that I think I, that we could definitely upgrade. I would still, um, you know, argue that it's possible that Cresswell maybe might do a I, better job. I think I, they're both. They're you both think Masuaku is the one we could upgrade? On? I'd I, say no, Obiang's the, t- the one we can upgrade on. I would say possibly. Yep. I think I think we still are short of a really really top. A, a, a midfielder at the level of Arnautovic and Yarmolenko. Do you know what kills me? I wish we'd gone for this Jean-Michel Seri at Fulham. Yeah. He's exactly yeah, the player. Yeah. He cost them 80 million But they were pounds. interested, weren't they? There was well, rumors. but either way, if, if Fulham, Fulham have got him for 80 million, we should have got in there. We should have gone in there. He's exactly the player we need. Anyway, never mind. Oh, well. We uh, might have to wrap this up, fellas. Okay. And uh, so it's time for predictions for the Brighton game on Friday, to which, Jim, oh, you are going. I am going. Benji, you hope to go, is Hopefully, that right? I don't know. Hope to secure a ticket. Delaney wants a ticket as well. If you have tickets, uh, <laughs> make contact through our Facebook group yeah. or through just post a letter through our, our letterbox. letterboxes at our homes. <laughs> just write Benji case, on we'll be very post worried. <laughs> we'll be very um, worried. Uh, I... I really, I'm, 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 I'm trying to sort of sit on on waves of of, of optimism from what I've seen the last the last week or so. I, I do think it's an asset. I, I'd be happy with a point actually, and I'm going to go with my traditional one-one. I'm going to go for nil-nil. Eight-nil. Eight-nil to Brighton because that's the home team. To, to nil-eight. Um, no, I think both teams are going to score. Right. Um, I think it's going to be high scoring. Actually, I'm going to go three-two West Ham. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's, uh, that's the kind of prediction I like and uh, the, very much the kind of prediction that I usually make. Um, <laughs> no, no. And, I'm and, interested and, in that. that. Yes, that's right. It's, an, I'm, it's a new me. Well, yeah. It's a new me. Yeah. So uh, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Benji Lanyardo. Goodbye. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network.